Well, you can't beat a great Welsh male voice choir, can you? Hello and welcome to another Westlake podcast. And today we have our very own man of Harlech with us, Rhys. Good morning, Westlakers. And Rhys and I have been thinking about how our secular culture shapes us and tries to mould us in certain ways. Last week, we looked at what we call the identity narrative. Today, Reese, we're going to talk about what? We're going to look at the morality narrative. And what do we mean by that? I mean, what is morality? Well, morality is about how we think something is right or wrong, how we should or shouldn't live. And without God at the centre, that can look different for everyone. Like Everyone has their own way of thinking what's right or wrong without a, a compass to base it on like God who sets the standards, who says what's right or wrong. Anyone can say whatever they like. And I think that's a big issue in today's day and age. Indeed. So we're told that morality, how you should or shouldn't live, what's right or wrong, is socially constructed. And you only think that something's wrong or right because that's the way you've been brought up. That's what your society, your culture values. That's what you've been taught. And society would say just because that's the way you've been taught or brought up, doesn't mean that something is right or wrong. Yes. And on social media, people are always trying to push their moral values. Everyone has their own thoughts on what's right or wrong. And it's the people who shout the loudest that become the the arbiter and, and say, it's my opinion, it's my moral values that matter. And so everyone needs to listen to me. But at the same time saying that imposing morality on other people is itself immoral and inhibits their thriving and we shouldn't exactly and and we shouldn't prohibit other people behaving in certain ways provided they're not hurting other people and yet the secular culture is incredibly moralistic in who it calls out definitely yeah okay maybe we could talk about just some of the uh, internal inconsistency of how our secular culture sees morality and I think one area that stands out is justice and we're told that we should fight for justice but of course how can people say that if there are no moral absolutes exactly it's it's very hard to do that when you don't have a solid ground to to base it on if i'm saying one thing and you're saying something else then how can we agree on what that justice looks like or even why we have this justice in the first place yes and why we should fight for it exactly and of course as so- you said earlier on who becomes the arbiter of what is right and wrong and deciding what is just or unjust yeah on social media it's whoever shouts the loudest or who has the most followers and they will push that agenda until everyone who disagrees with them has backed down or has been shunned from the conversation and of course at the same time as saying that there are no moral absolutes and it's morality is a social construct and saying that we should fight for justice and yet The truth is, deep down, people know that some things are always and for all people in all settings wrong. You know, you don't need a degree in philosophy to think that how Stalin or Hitler or Pol Pot waged war against their own people is morally wrong at all times and in all places. But if morality is socially constructed, 
really we have no basis for saying that absolutely it points us to the need for moral absolutes doesn't it indeed which nicely brings us to the bible so when it comes to morality what does the bible teach us well right at the the start just after adam and eve sinned you know you have everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes sin led to us wanting to be like god and to be god and that's the problem that mm-hmm. knowing the difference between good and evil right and wrong if we're not looking to god for that we're going to try and work that out ourselves but we're going to push for that from a selfish point of view aren't we and the whole basis of the fall with adam and eve is them wanting to decide for themselves what was right or wrong then we get to judges which we're looking at with the students at the moment and how judges ends with everyone doing what seemed good in their own eyes And so really the Bible very much speaks to this idea of you think that you can decide for yourself what's right and wrong. But of course, what it also does is it presents us with the fact that there is a moral absolute in that there is a lawgiver. Yeah. When God rescues his people, he then tells them, this is my character. This is the way I want you to live. And what he thinks is right and wrong is absolutely based. These aren't random rules. These are based on his moral character. And of course, we will only thrive if we live life his way. The morality narrative of our secular culture says you cannot impose your morality on other people because that inhibits their thriving. But effectively, God says you will only thrive, you will only be truly human if you live life my way. And it's by knowing the boundaries that allows us to thrive, just like a fish will never thrive on a beach wallowing in the sand it will only ever thrive in the water. So humanity will only thrive as we live life in relationship with our creator. But of course, morality is not enough, is it, Rhys? The Bible also tells us that being good and doing the right thing is not a sufficient basis for life. That's right. Just look at Paul in Philippians 3. verses two to seven he's telling the philippians to watch out that we don't rely on our good works and you know he he points out all the things that make him this great person in the standards of the world or, or in his culture he's from the tribe of benjamin he's a hebrew of hebrews he's faultless in regards to the law and yet verse seven is the key verse he says but whatever were gains to me i now consider loss for the sake of christ he knows that it's nothing to do with him his standards His morals, the world's standards are nothing compared to the standards that that God has set and that are only fulfilled in Christ. And so bizarrely, our current culture, which says that morality is socially constructed, is a very moralistic, judgmental culture on people it doesn't agree with. And Paul is saying, yeah, but that kind of moralism is no basis for life. It counts for nothing. That's right. In Mere Christianity, Lewis points out that if we find that our religious life is making us feel that we are good, above all, that we're better than someone else, I think we may be sure that we are being acted on, not by God, but by the devil. And, you know, Martin Luther had the basic insight that moralism is the default mode of the human heart. So even Christians who believe the gospel of grace can on one level continue to operate as if they've been saved by their work. It's because I do this or I pray this many times or it can start to become like that. And so even as we look at our secular culture and how moralistic and judgmental it can be, while all the time saying that morality is socially constructed, 
that is just another form of self-justification of trying to prove ourselves to be right by the way that we behave or the things that we speak. Okay, Reese, but of course, finally, the Bible gives us the answer to all of this in the Lord Jesus, doesn't it? In that he is both our moral example, the one perfect man who perfectly fulfills the law, perfectly lives the life that God calls humanity to live. And yet he gives himself, not just as our example, but as our substitute for all those times that we do fail to live to the morality that God calls his people to. Yeah, praise God, because Jesus meets all these standards and then he steps in for us. We can see that he's done it all. And not only has he done it all, but he's done it all for us. And it's in him that we will truly thrive. You know, the secular culture says you will only thrive if you throw off other people's rules that they impose on you. And Christ says, no, it's in me that you will find life and life in all its fullness. Reese, thank you. Thank God bless you. you. And God bless everybody else. Bye, guys.